Good day to you, and welcome to the podcast for the Union Street Meeting House. In this podcast, we will be sharing messages from our weekly worship services. Union Street Meeting House is a Christian ministry that introduces people of all ages to Jesus Christ and recalls those who once knew Him back into an intimate, vibrant, living relationship with Him. We are a house for Christian fellowship and personal growth. You are always welcome here at Union Street Meeting House. Let's go into this week's message right now. We are blessed this morning. We're grateful that you're here. Thankful and uh, just looking looking forward to things. Today is actually the fourth Sunday of Advent. Uh, we have been saying that the word Advent simplified is just um, arrival. And it's just talking about the arrival of Christ. So... The, the church body many years ago, um, you know, kind of got into a somewhat of a protocol. There's nothing really wrong with that to, to share the coming of Christ. And uh, the past two Sundays, we have focused on John Baptist and how he was the one that God chose to prepare the way for Jesus. And that after 400 years of silence, God sent Gabriel to appear to Zacharias and gave him the word that he and Elizabeth would be with child and that the child would turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. And that he, John Baptist, will go as a forerunner before Christ in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. Now don't miss that. Don't miss this. We talked about this a little bit and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but I just want to share there that he, he's, Gabriel himself, who just tells um, who just tells. Uh, Zacharias, that I've just come from the presence of God. And he says to Zacharias, your son's going to come in the power and the spirit of Elisha. This is no small thing. And somehow I think the church of today has gotten to a place where um, we think that maybe John Baptist was this radical person that was in the wilderness and, and, and had fried locusts for lunch and, uh, and we don't really give him the credit that credit is due. And it's just a small portion about him because he loses his life for telling the truth. And so he's come in the power of Elisha. And it says to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the disobedient to the attitude of righteousness. And that's a word for us today. We need to turn our disobedient into an attitude of righteousness. So as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And that this event alone was incredible. That the God of all creation was once again to speak to his people. And that John Baptist was the prophet that God chose to do this. And we talked about the word prophet and prophecy. And we've been talking about that the last couple weeks. And about four weeks ago, Pastor Carl did a teaching with the orchard and talked about how that the silent part of the church today, and maybe not for 400 years, but for many years, has been the fact that we don't look and listen for prophets anymore. In fact, we tend to discourage prophecy. And part of that is, is because we get into some areas where people believe maybe that they're hearing from the Lord and then maybe they're really not. Maybe they are, we're not sure but, but things kind of get out of line. And so we have a habit in the church that if something's a little out of line, we want to throw the baby out with the wash. But church, prophecy is nothing to throw out with the wash. God, in a true five-fold ministry, wants to use the, the prophetic 
to help bring life to the church, to bring forth our life in the body of Christ. And it's a gift that God has for us. And we see that, that Paul and Barnabas are spoke of as prophets. And so we want to encourage that here. And we want Union Street to be a place where we call it the, the meeting house because we want it to be the meeting house of God. We want to hear from God. I had some fellows over to the house yesterday and, and it struck me, I, and, and I have a men's group on Monday night, and it strikes me there that all of a sudden in September, I'm standing in front of you folks. But it is, it is very weird because I don't think of myself as that person. I am much more comfortable in the group of five or six folks when we're sitting around talking, and we're all the body, and we're all equal, and we're all there. And I think that's the way the church is supposed to work. Yes, there are great teachers, and yes, there are great preachers, and we need to hear the Word of God, and we need to assemble together. But the reality that the church has lost is the fact that we are the body of Christ and that each person has a gift and a ministry that they need to use in their life. And I'm way ahead of myself now, but I'll just continue. <laughs> that, that when you come here, you're not coming here for this. This is good. I hope you learn something. My prayer is, is that we read the word that God would speak to you and let me share with you. It does not offend me at all if you're reading the word over what we're doing and God hits you and you begin to read the Bible more and all of a sudden you're not listening to me. How many of you have that happen in church? Well, I want you to know that's okay because God has a direct line to each of you and if he's speaking to you through that word, then read away. I don't care, we'll leave the lights on, lock the door when you leave. You can sit here and read the rest of the word all day. And that's okay with us. That's what we want here. This is family. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's pray. So Lord, I pray this morning that you will send forth your word to us, Lord God, that we will see something new. That God, we will, we will be like miners mining for jewels. And today we will mine for your word that will bring life to us, that will bring healing to us, that will bring ministry to us, Lord, that will bring vision and direction to us. So each person here, Lord God, is, is not here by accident, but that you called them here so that they may see something and receive something. And so, God, we lift your word today, and we're going to read about Mary and the birth of Jesus today as is appropriate for this time. But Lord God, there, there is much, much more. Your Bible is just filled with layers of truth and love. And so God, we seek that out this morning. Pray that you speak to our hearts, Lord God, that every word that proceed out of my mouth, Lord God, would be pleasing to you. And anything that I say that is not whole and healthy and of you, God, that you would strike it from the listener's ears. And that God, they would be encouraged to walk this walk of faith that you've called them to. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Luke 1 again. We're going to spend some more time here in Luke 1. And we have the story, and we talked about with the beginning of that when, when Luke, as the doctor, he loves to have things in organized, and he loves to have, he's investigated, and he, is, he has done his homework, he has done his research so that he can present this gospel message and he says there actually in verse 4, so that you may know the exact truth about the things that you have been taught. And I want you to know this morning that God wants you to know the exact truth about the things that you have been taught. 
And sometimes we have to be careful because we have teachers who mean well and may not teach us what we need to know. And that may even happen here. And that's why God has gifted you with the Holy Spirit so that he can speak directly to you and that you may have that interpretation from God. And so Luke says, I've done this work so that you can know the exact things. And we're going to start today in verse 26, if you would. Turn to verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Verse 33, And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. In verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And so we see a lot in this. We see Gabriel came to Zacharias. And now God has sent Gabriel to Mary. And he says, good news, highly favored one. There's a couple things here that I think are very important. Everybody always brings this up at at Christmas when we talk about these things. Well, why was Zacharias made mute and why was Mary not chastised when she questioned? And Pastor Bill elaborated on that last night, that when Zacharias questions it, he is in a state of unbelief. Listen to me, and I'm not picking on us older folks, but sometimes our us older folks, and I'll even say this, older folks in the walk of faith, They may be young in age, but if they've been doing it for a while, we have this preconception of what God's doing and saying to us. And sometimes when the Lord comes to us, we can't see it or hear it. And we talked about this a little bit last week. And so here, Mary's just saying, hey, I'm a virgin. How are you going to do this? And she's saying it with the excitement of, I can't wait for it to happen, but how are you going to do it? And Zacharias is saying, I don't think this can happen. And sometimes God's sending you a ministry and you've convinced yourself that I'm too old or I'm too slow or I don't have this resource or I don't have that resource and you, and you begin to just pigeonhole yourself into a place where you won't let God work and have the ministry. God can't use you. He wants to. The problem's not on his end, it's on your end. It's on our end. And the angel tells her that she's found favor and he says here that The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And that's our first glimpse into knowing 
that Jesus is not just a child. Jesus is sinless. He's a holy child. The word indicates that he is holy, that he is made holy, and he will behave holy. His actions will be holy. He will be sinless in his walk. And he's a holy child. And he shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And we talked about last week how that sometimes when things are going on in our life, God's got things going on in other works as well that are going to affect our life sometime in the future and we have no clue about it. And many of you think about your journey and your story and you can see how that lines up, that we have the message that Joseph has that we proclaimed earlier. What God meant for, what what Satan meant for evil, God will turn to good. Romans says he is at work for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And so we need to take courage here. And so even with Mary, I mean, can you imagine Mary at this point feels all alone, but all of a sudden she gets to hear about Elizabeth too? And there's a confirmation. For nothing will be impossible with God. And behold, and now 38, and Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord may be it done to me according to your word. Pastor Bill went into great length last night to discuss that. His whole ministry is based on the word. He loves John, where it says, in beginning was the word. And in John 1.17, where it says, the word became flesh. And that might be 1.14, I'm not sure. But one of those is, is the word became flesh. And that he lived among us, or he tabernacled with us. And that this same word comes to Mary, and Mary receives it in her heart. She doesn't just receive it in her mind. This is not a mental assent. It's a problem with our church in the last 30 years. We have a lot of folks sitting in the pews that have a mental assent to God. I have family members, and we talked about this yesterday. I have family members who will give mental assent to God, but it's not a heart thing for them. They can't can't operate out of their belly with God. How many of you know, like Mary, God wants to operate out of your belly. He wants it to be a whole being. He wants to be something in you. Skip down to verse 46. And we read what we call the magnificent, which is the exalted or or just exalt. That's all it means. And 46 says, and Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers in their thrones, and he has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever, and Mary stayed with her, meaning Elizabeth, about three months, and then she returned home. And so with that, we don't know if she left just before the birth of John, but somewhere around the birth of John, because Elizabeth was in her sixth month when Mary went to see her. And I spoke a, 
a few weeks ago about Mary's song and how, in a sense, it should be our song. Sure, it's not as if we'll be giving birth to the Lord and Savior of the world, but we are, we are given or we are, so to speak, impregnated, if you will, in a way with a ministry that God has given to each one of us that we need to sing a song of exaltation and, and even a song about proclamation. And I believe this, that the church does not proclaim enough. The church is not a proclamation church any longer. If we're truthful, we love to come to church on Sunday. We love to fellowship with those who are believers. But we very seldom are proclaiming what God is doing in the marketplace. The enemy has kind of got the church, if you may, under a curse to, to not share. I, I can remember, uh, you know, when I was a boy, uh, we loved country music. And, and, and one of the fellas, I forget who it was. It doesn't matter what artist it was. But me and Jesus got our own thing going. And that sounds pretty cool, and I love that song, actually. But that's not what it's about. We don't got our own thing going. It's about others. It's about a hurting and dying world, not a sick world. The Bible clearly says without Christ, we are dead. We are dead in our trespasses, and we're headed to hell. But praise God, he sends a Savior. Amen? Amen. And we need to sing that song of exaltation like Mary that, that God has given us a ministry. We talk about here at Union Street and, you know, I shared a lot with Pastor Bill before I started. And I don't mind telling you, he had his reservations about all this. He thinks I'm half crazy most of the time anyway. But I don't think it's going to look like what it looked like before. It's going to be a co-labor. And we got to do this ministry thing together. That this single model pastor role is something of the past. Yes, there are great teachers. Yes, there are great preachers. There's nothing better for me to hear Pastor Bill or Pastor Carl come up here and expand on the word and expound the word. But for us, our work is in the ministry. And our ministry is out there. It's not in this building. Somebody say amen. amen. And we need to co-labor to do that. And so as I stand before you this morning, I, it's almost, I don't, it sounds a little nutty. It's not really an out-of-body experience. I don't mean it like that. But I almost stand up here today and I'm, a, I'm somewhat different than what I am when I'm not up here. And I don't know how to explain that. But it's because I know that the Lord has just called to this work here, called me to this work here and said, just go do it. I have no idea what I'm doing. It's like, please send a, a life preserver because he's thrown me into the sea. But the good news is I'm not alone. We have a ministry team here, and that ministry team is going to grow, and we're going to reach this community. We're going to reach beyond this community. And that's what God has called us to, is to co-labor. And Cheryl's been out. Cheryl, Cheryl and I made a commitment about three or four years ago. Pam and Cheryl and I sat down at our kitchen table, and, and I said, Cheryl, I believe that God's called you to co-labor with Pam and I. And so she's a sister in Christ, and I miss her when she's out. She takes care of a lot of stuff. And that's how it's supposed to be. We work with each other. We lift each other up. Turn to Luke 2. Luke 2. We're going to start reading verse 1 and read through 20. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken to all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinus was the governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, 
each to his own city. And I want to stop there. We talked about the 400 years of silence that went on between Malachi and John Baptist. And God was quiet, but he doesn't rest. God's at work at that whole time, and we see that what's going on and what was prophesied even by Daniel, that the kingdoms would be changing, and God is in control of all the kingdoms. In fact, it says that that the kingdoms of this world are but dust to God. And so we see in that 400 years that, that there's three or four transitions of government that goes along because God is preparing what he's doing and he is setting it up and the Roman government will be in charge when he sends Christ. And it's not by accident that Mary gets the word when she's in Nazareth But the Bible says that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And so God is at work. And now there's a census. And they didn't want to go to Bethlehem. They want to stay in Nazareth. How many of you don't want to move? If you've moved, you don't want to move anymore. You got all those boxes. You got all those things. And now they're not really moving, but they've got to go back and give the census and be part of it. And God is at work even in that. And what's our message there that God is at work in your life. I feel certain that where we physically live today, God orchestrated. We were in a few places that we didn't desire to be, and we kept saying, God, what is this all about? But man, when I look back on it, I'm so grateful and thankful for what he did. So if you're in the middle of that transition, you need to have faith and trust God. He is on your side. All of heaven fights for you. In verse four, Joseph also went up from Galilee from the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the family of David, just as the scriptures said it would be. In order to register along with Mary who was engaged to him and was with child. And while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in cloths And laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before him, before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. One of the things that happens to us when we when we truly get a word from God, we're usually a little frightened. And it's not the kind of fear that we talk about of today's world, so to speak, with viruses and that kind of fear. It's a trembling fear that realizes that this is God and we're in the presence of him. And whatever he's doing, it makes us tremble. John, who who once was on Jesus' chest, as he says, or on his breast as he sits at the table with him at the Last Supper even. John, that guy, later on says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as a dead man. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. And in verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Let me stop there. For all the people. What Christ is going to do when he destroys sin on the cross and goes to the grave is for all people. 
Now, all may not accept and all may not choose, but you need to get this settled. God has dealt with sin. He has made a way that we are no longer slaves to sin. And that's everyone that walks this planet got the same blessing. And whether they choose it or receive it, maybe another story. And that's our job is to show them the love of Christ so that they would have a desire to know him so that they would have that change. Amen. Lord, we hear the siren outside and we pray now, Lord, that if any family's in trouble, we ask that you just protect and watch over them, Lord God, and that you deliver these first responders safely to them and that everyone remains safe and be well in Jesus' name. Amen. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Behold, I bring good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapping cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that, that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in a manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statements which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in, their, in, their, in her heart. And the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. Hallelujah. Mary gets a lot of credit, as well she should. We need to talk about Joseph a little bit this morning as well. Before we move on, though, I want to show you something. Verse 16. So when they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And for the first time, this spoke to me. They found their way. One of the reasons they found their way is they were told he would be in a manger. He would be in some fancy hotel or some fancy hospital. He was in a stable. We'll talk about that more in a moment. But they had to seek him out. And the Bible says he'll be found if he is sought out. And we need to seek our Lord. Amen. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. That's our first sign that Joseph is a righteous man. How many of you know, and, and I've... You know, I've seen when, when, when families uh, begin to have arguments, it could be brothers, it could be sisters, sons, daughters, it could be husbands, wives, or ex-husbands and wives. They want to bring the other person out. It's part of the nature of the human being. But Joseph says, I'm not bringing her out. 
And Joseph loves her. This is his first sign. This is our first sign to know that he loved her. Because honestly, if he didn't love her, he would throw a little temper tantrum and maybe begin to tell everybody that she's been unfaithful or whatever he thought would have, might have been happening to her. But Joseph is a good man. God has a plan. He knows what he is doing. And he picks a man that he can trust. A righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Verse 20, But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, which in verse 23 says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And we know that's out of Isaiah. 24, And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. And like I said, Mary gets a lot of credit as well she should, but how many of you know that God's plan is the same today as it was in Genesis? A plan of marriage, a husband and a wife. Here we see that God has a good husband for Mary in the man Joseph. A good husband for Mary and also a good earthly father for Jesus. And that's still God's plan today. Do you know there was a recent report that came out that said only 18% of households in the United States today, 2021, September, 18% have a married mother and father in them. There's households that have unmarried parents and there's a whole lot of households that have single parents. And we look at society and we see that suicide rate among teens has gone up from, I think it's gone up 56% since 2010. And we wonder why. It's because we're not following God's plan. And I'm not speaking against singleness today because there is a time that the Lord blesses singleness. And we've discussed that and we talk about that. Sometimes the single are very fortunate that they get to be the bride of Christ that is very close to him because they have the time to spend with him, the Bible says. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not speaking against that. But the plan of God is the same plan that's in Genesis. That is to be a man and a woman and a husband and a wife and a family. And God speaks to Joseph by sending him an angel in his dream and telling Joseph... Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And then God gives Joseph the name of the baby also to confirm what Gabriel has told Mary. You shall call his name Jesus. And for me, I believe that's when probably Joseph realizes that this dream is a visit from the angel just like Mary had because he says his name will be Jesus. I'm going to confirm that with you, Joseph. Birth of the Spirit, and this is what you're going to call him. We see the courage of Joseph. We see the man that's righteous, that does the right thing, and the husband that does the right thing. Like Christ is our husband who always does the right thing. Men, he is our example of us. We need to do the right thing. And we see the faith of Joseph. 
It says he came in a dream, not like, not like with, with Zacharias and not like with Mary where somehow they're seeing the, the angel in front of them. Joseph is asleep and he has this dream. And then he has to wake up and make a decision. Was this a dream or was this a visit from God? And he has faith. His story of faith is much larger than we give credit for also in the Bible as we read these stories. You see, Christmas is not a holiday. And yes, the, the Christian may celebrate the birth of the Savior, but Christmas is so much more than any of that. Christmas is the recognition of the greatest event in history, the most marvelous occurrence that has happened since God spoke the world, and yes, indeed, the entire universe into existence. The event where God said, enough. I'm tired of being separated from my children. I will make a way of reconciliation so that all of mankind will have a way home to me so that we may be family again. And one of the gentlemen I said this earlier, and I said I'd talk about it more, is that he said, hey, church is family. We're family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. So much so that Jesus even encourages his followers to recognize that we are the new family. And sometimes the blood family isn't always in that first place. We have that in our hearts as a people. And family we know is good and important to us. And I'm very close with my family. But I also know that this is not my home. And we're making it to heaven one day. And we're in the family when we say yes to Christ. Amen? Amen. And this is the event that God is telling us, listen. I'm sending one who's going to be a savior that will reconcile you to me. We've been talking about how God's ways are not our ways and how things never look like we think they ought to look. And God once again does something entirely remarkable. He chooses a teenage girl, a virgin named Mary, and he says to her, Good news, highly favored one. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and he will reign over the house of the Jacob. How long? Forever. And his kingdom will have a no end. And that's what we praise this morning, is that we serve a God whose kingdom lasts forever and have no end. And a babe is born in a stable. And angels, appear to king, the angels do not appear to kings and governors, but they appear to shepherds watching their flock by night. It's never like we think it ought to be. The angel doesn't come to the White House and proclaim what he's going to do for the nation. The angel comes to God's house where the humble people are. The ordinary, to the humble, to the poor. It never looks like what we think it ought to look like. Do you see what he's done? God has said yes to us. The birth of Christ is yes to you and to me. It's God's way of saying, yes, I choose you. I will send my son. I will make a way. I will send Emmanuel, God with us. And from that event over 2,000 years ago, God has been reconciling with his people. We're the stubborn ones. As Pastor Bill would say, the problem's not on his side, it's on our side. And so this year, I want to encourage you Would you stop and really consider why we celebrate Christmas? 
Will you recognize that for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son so that you and I may have everlasting life in his presence? Maybe today is even the day that you are piercing your heart to say enough, I choose Jesus. Maybe you've already chose him. Maybe you say, I chose that uh, Christmas will be different this year than before because I'm not going to let the distractions of the world separate me from my intimate relationship with Christ. Maybe we see this time as something different. Maybe there is a change of front and maybe there is a revival coming to our land. God has a plan. We don't see it. We grumble like the Israelites did. But God has a plan. And that proclamation we're talking about, and again, it was said last night even, that what you proclaim sometimes is what comes true for you. doesn't make you God in the sense that you're going to speak it, but it makes it this way, that the word is seed. And when you plant that seed of negativity in your life, then it brings negativity in your life. And when you plant that seed of the goodness in your life, it brings the goodness of your life in your life. You talk about, I'm going to get sick from this thing. Well, there's a good chance you're going to get sick from this thing. And sometimes you will even when you say you're going to be well. But I'll play the odds in my favor and say I'm going to be well because I have a God who cares and loves me, cares for me and loves me. And I care to walk in that presence of our Lord. Amen. If this morning you wish to come up and have prayer, I want to be here and to pray in agreement with you that maybe this Christmas will be different. Maybe you're in a place in your life where you need to rededicate at some level. I'll probably offer this every week. But each week we need to grow in the strength of the Lord, as the Bible says. And that's what we're here to do. Amen? And we'll edify each other in that journey. Let's pray. God, we thank you for Emmanuel. God with us. That, Lord, you chose us. And this Christmas is not some mere holiday of just what we've made it in this world, Lord. But it's the day that you chose to send your son, the savior of all the earth. It's a day that you picked a humble teenage girl who was obedient to you, who found favor Lord, may we be like Mary. May we find favor. And may you impregnate us with a word, Lord God, that changes our life, calls us close to you, and enables us to minister to others. And Lord, we give Mary credit for who she is as the mother of of that baby. But Lord, you are the Christ, and you are the answer for the world. And so, Lord, we turn to you today and we say, God, have your way in us. Lord, humble us. Let us not be proud or haughty. Let, us walk, let our walk be true. Let our walk call others to you. Let the very presence of God dwell in us richly every moment of our life, Lord God. Holy Spirit, fill us and give us the, the mission and the vision and the wherewithal to walk it out. And we praise you and give you glory this morning. And we thank you for this work that you've done. And Lord, there's no way even in a few hours that we can capture what you did and how you arranged the entire universe to receive this son of yours. 
There's no way we can even fathom of what happened. Lord, we don't truly know what overshadowing means, but we trust you for it. And we know that you did a miracle, Lord God, and that this was the beginning of the salvation for all the earth. And Lord, we may have to wait 30 years in our life sometimes to to have Jesus in his fullness. And I pray not, Lord God, but I pray if that's the case, that you give us the patience to wait on you and the strength to do so. But Lord, whatever it is you're gonna do, we look forward to it. We're energized by it. And Lord, we look forward to December 25th where we can get on our knees and say, thank you, God, for sending your son to us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. 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 Well, bless you this morning. I hope you're encouraged. This is not a holiday. This is our Lord's Day. And we will celebrate it accordingly. Amen. Well, we'll get you out of here early today. Merry Christmas to you. And I hope you guys have a great Christmas Saturday and hope we can see you Sunday. And if we can't, we'll see you when you do get back. Amen. Bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. You know, we would love to invite you to come and visit us in person sometime. If you're ever in our area, you can find us at 415 Union Street in Milton, Delaware where we have prayer and worship services on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m., Bible study on Saturday evenings at 7 p.m., and a Sunday morning worship service at 10.30 a.m. We would love to minister to your children as well. We offer children's church during the adult service. Children are excused to go back to their classes right after the worship time. You can also find more information about us on the web at unionstreetmeetinghouse.org or on Facebook at Union Street Meeting House. So we look forward to sharing the message with you next week. Hope you'll return to this podcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.